Welcome to those joining us in our recordings and especially um, to those that are watching us on DVD. Uh, welcome to the next instalment um, of our Do Don't Forget series. And on behalf of those that uh, join regularly on Zoom, um, we miss you, we love you, and we hope to see us all back together um, as soon as possible, hopefully in December sometime. I don't know about you, but over the years, I've found it interesting to see people claim that they should have the right to do whatever they want, to shake off the shackles of the man, as it were, the rule makers. Yet when things go wrong, they, they want to blame others for the impact of their own choices. We see evidence of this in civil lawsuits, especially in places like America. A man who tries to sue Apple computers for his addiction to pornography or a student who tries to sue her school for her only getting a C plus grade. In Australia, a man uh, now confined to a wheelchair after getting dumped in the surf was uh, attempting to sue the local council for failing to prevent his injuries. He claimed that the council had a duty of care to protect him by erecting signs warning of the dangers of the surf. Churches are not immune from wanting to avoid having to follow rules. Um, in a previous state youth role, I was counselling a youth intern about you know, him joining in this church and, and starting to serve there. And I suggested to him that he should have a written contract outlining the various responsibilities that were between him and the church. And I was told that when he asked for this, he was rebuffed by the church leadership who dismissed that approach as being unrelational. Over the following year, I supported the youth in turn as the church's so-called relational emphasis became quite unhealthy and his concerns about unrealistic expectations went unheard and were dismissed, and he left the church soon after. Yet rather than trying to suffocate life and freedom, appropriate rules and guidelines enhance and protect life. At the start of our service today, we chatted about family rules that were in place to help the family relationship be stronger and to support the relationship rather than to hurt them. Mm -hmm. And while there are rules that can be oppressive or a, a lack of rules that can actually be damaging to society when everyone does whatever they like without dis, with disregard to the impact on others, there are occasions where rules can be looked on by others wishing that they had similar rules applied in their context. There are people in the USA who look at Australia and wish they had a government and laws more like Australia around our response to things like the pandemic or things like gun ownership. A few thousand years ago, at the birth of a nation, rather than having a constitution, the nation of Israel had a covenant relationship. It's interesting to observe in Frankfurt's book about kingship and the gods of the, and a study of the ancient Near Eastern religions, 
and the integrations of, of um, society and nature and, and the, the role that that all took. Um, that the Hebrew people in this book serve as an epilogue. You see, the Hebrew people for years didn't fit the norm of the day. While other nations had their kings appointed often by the gods and um, therefore made the rules, at, at the birth of the nation of Israel, they had no king. They were never meant to have a king who made the rules. Their constitution, their, their covenant, as it were, as a nation, was a relational covenant established by Yahweh God directly with his people. Frankfurt writes, this intimate relationship between the Hebrew people and their God ignored the existence of an earthly ruler altogether. Well, that was all up until... The people of Israel said, we want a king. And despite Samuel's warnings against having a king, in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 19 to 20, we read this. The people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king, they said. We want to be, and listen to this, like the nations around us. The covenant relationship between Yahweh God and his people differentiated themselves from the nations around Israel. In the reading we just had earlier that Mary read from um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 to um, 8, Moses declared that the covenant relationship was not only unique, it was to be a powerful witness to other nations who would look at the way Israel lived and celebrate the laws that had been given to them by God. In the following farewell speech that Moses gave to the people, he reminded them of the relational covenant that, was set, that would set them apart. The Ten Commandments given 40 years earlier are once again spoken over the people in Deuteronomy chapter 5. The God who rest, um, that they're founded in relationship in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 6, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. The following commands can be broken up into three groupings. The first three commands in verses 7 to 11 remind the people to put Yahweh God first. Don't worship other gods. Don't make images of other gods. And don't dishonor the name of Yahweh God. The next two commands transition from what it could be a vertical relationship to relationship to a horizontal relationship and the interrelationship between the two. Observe a Sabbath rest. It was more than a day off to rest and relax with the family. It was also more than just about a religious service, but it was an opportunity for the nation to recalibrate themselves. When life gets out of balance and, and the focus can be on what I do, the Sabbath rest reorientated a nation. It reminded them of the centrality of being a God-centered community who lived, learned, and loved differently. 
The second of this reminded people to honour their parents. This was not just a command for children and youth, but for every generation to honour those who led and sacrificed for the well-being of families. The family unit is precious. The final five were like ripple commands that made their way out from the immediate family unit to the incorporate the nation and how they lived in relationship with each other. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't lust after what doesn't belong to you. And after leading the nation for the last 40 years, Moses knew that the people are prone to forget. As any teacher or lecturer would know, repetition and practice are key to learning and remembering things. Moses then continues in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. These are the commands and decrees and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your uh, children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, maybe even behind the toilet door. Uh, the, the, the Shema is the most significant prayer for the Jewish people in verses 4 to five. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It's as if Moses is saying, hey people, this is important. Pay attention. Relationships matter. Your behavior matters. The centrality of this is about relationship. The covenant laws found throughout Exodus through to the end of Deuteronomy are all about relationships. Establishing and honouring the relationship between Yahweh God and his people, the family unit and the whole nation of Israel. The essence as Moses farewells the nation of Israel is as if he calls out to them, don't forget to behave. Behave in a way that honours God. Behave in a way that honours family. Behave in a way that honours others. And like any law, 
It is designed to help people to know how to behave in relationship with others and what to do when they don't. And a part of this is the sacrificial system, recognising that when people break the covenant between God and his people, it's class classified or classed as sin. And sin always comes at a cost. It always damages relationships. And so the sacrificing of an animal was to remind people of the cost and damage to relationship and to seek to patch up what has been broken. A few thousand years later, just as Moses promised, Jesus entered our world. God took on flesh and blood. Now, it would be odd to have Yahweh God suddenly say, ah, oh, all that covenant stuff, that's all redundant. That doesn't matter at all. Jesus in Matthew 5 verses 17 to 18 declares, don't misunderstand why I have come. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets, the stuff that we were just reading about. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Jesus is directly referring to the stuff in Deuteronomy. That it's as if Jesus is reminding the people who would know the Ten Commandments off by heart. You know how it says, Don't, do not murder? Well, let me share with you about what I want you to do as you live out this. So Jesus goes on in this passage in Matthew 5, 17 and 18. And he goes on in Matthew 5, 21 to 24. You've heard that our ancestors, out, sorry. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to the judgment. But I say to you, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, then you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Oh, and, and just in case you think um, that someone having a beef with you it's their responsibility to fix things up again with you. Then think again. Jesus goes on to say, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus calls his followers for a radical change of behaviour, behaviour that is distinctive, behaviour that is radical and countercultural, behaviour that has the covenant of relationship at its very roots. A little later, Jesus had some lawyers circling around him looking for an opportunity to trip Jesus up. They pressed Jesus in Matthew uh, 22, trying to find fault with him. In Matthew 22, 
verses 34 to 40. We read of this interrogation that Jesus was um, under. But when the Pharisees heard that he had, that is Jesus, silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in the religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses, the stuff in Deuteronomy? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second one is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. If you want something that is easy to remember, if you want to simmer it down to the essence, then what is the rule of thumb to live and die by? Well, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Like an echo through time, a few thousand years later, Jesus echoes to his audience the same message that was given, that was at the heart of Moses' call in Deuteronomy. Don't forget to behave. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. The relationship that we uh, that we have with God and with others is based on this covenant commitment to behave at times counterculturally, to love God with distinction and with difference in a way that shapes our decisions, our actions and our words, and to behave in a way that values our relationship with those around us, including the least of these. And not just on the days when you feel like it, but also on your worst days. You don't have to like sport, the sport of cricket to appreciate the quick reflexes of those who field in the wicket keeper or close by, like in the slips or in silly mid on or midpoint or mid off. Their reactions are automatic. And while they do not always get it right. The reason why they do get it so right so often is because they practice. They practice again and again and again. When you are called to that position, even when you don't feel like it, you need to be ready to respond. For us today, Jesus reminds us, don't forget to behave. Don't forget to love God and put God first. And don't forget to love others as you love yourself. Behave in a way that sets you apart, sets relationships apart, and sets God apart from everything else in this world. But this is not just about doing it when you feel like it. The behaviour that Jesus calls us to work towards, to practice and practice and practice, is a behaviour that we pursue even when we don't feel like it. 
to behave like this even on our worst days. That's the life changing. That's the life transforming behavior. That is countercultural behavior. It takes practice. Just like behaving in a family, it takes practice to put God first. It takes practice to love others. And it takes practice to love yourself in a way that honors God and captures the fact that you are created in the image of God. Yes, you and I, we, we will get it wrong sometimes. But the more the opportunities present themselves, the more you practice and the better you become at it. It's also not just about doing it when you feel like it. Emotions are good, but they're not always reliable. If we only love when we feel like it, then we miss out on a deeper, richer relationship. But believe it or not, our behavior can impact our emotions. We may not always feel loving towards someone else, but when we behave in a loving way, then emotions can follow. Moses and Jesus both call people not to forget. Don't forget to behave. Behave in a way that honors relationships. So I wonder, how will you behave this week? Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity that we can sit around your word and experience it hopefully in a fresh way. That as we see the interrelationship and the way that the Old Testament is entwined in the new. And that Jesus captures together the heart of the law and the prophets. And he calls us throughout history to love you first to put you first to have our behaviors reflect this and to behave in a way that loves our neighbors as we love ourselves jesus we recognize that this is not always easy and holy spirit we need your enabling we need your empowering we need to be reminded of the importance of behaving in this way not in an oppressive rule authoritarian way but in a life-giving way that brings hope that brings healing lord help us to behave in a way that honors you amen so how might we respond today uh, there's a couple of questions that i wanted to pose before you what relationship or relationships are you finding it uh, more difficult to love? What are those people that you're finding more difficult to love? How might you adjust your behavior in a way that honors God in this or these relationships? And what can you do this week to practice loving God and loving others as you love yourself. 
there's going to be some music played and I invite you just to take some time to respond. You might want to jot down some thoughts. Feel free to use the text message or chat to Northern Community or you can send an email as well. But I just want to have those questions sit with you as the music played now. Thanks. God bless you.